Joy the Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B, Chief Joy Officer and Divorce Coach at Joyfully B. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you shift your junk to joy, heartbreak to healing, and free the funk so you can move forward faster. We don't just survive, we thrive by using joy as our GPS to create a life you're obsessed with. I invite you now to grab your cup of joy juice for another epic episode. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. And with that, let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I am so pumped for today's episode. I have a dear friend of mine and amazing guest, Miss Rachel Brooks. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Rachel and I met a couple of weeks ago, actually, and instantly we're like, that's a person that I want to get to know better. And we have been really intentional about understanding more about each other and talking about these topics, not on a surface level, but on a deeper level. And I was on your podcast. We talked on your podcast a couple of weeks ago. And so now I was like, we need to take all of this real true blue conversation to my podcast as well to make sure that it reaches everybody. So thanks for being here. I want to give the listeners a little bio on you just because I want to share all your amazingness with them and give them some sustenance to grab onto. So you guys, Rachel is an amazing woman. She's the founder and CEO of I Am Athletics, a lifestyle apparel brand, the host of the Confident Woman podcast, which you're going to want to listen to and the published author of the four-time winning book, Chasing Perfection. It is a journey to healing, fitness, and self-love, which empowers women to let go of who they believe they should be and step into who they are created to be. She's the founder of The Confident Woman, a lifestyle and media brand that aims to educate, inspire, and empower women to create lasting change from within by equipping them with the community, tools, and resources to radically transform their lives by creating a healthy body, a positive mindset, and a soul filled with self-love and gratitude. Woo! Now you guys know why I want this woman in your ears today. She is amazing. I'm so glad you're here. Wow. Well, thank you. You just pumped me up. (laughs) I'm pumped up. (laughs) When you hear things about yourself, aren't you just like, wow, I am pretty amazing. I have done a lot of things in my life so far because there are days where we show up to life. I know I show up to life where I'm just like, man, kind of going through it today, you know, Mm -hmm. and you forget that you are going through different things and moving through different things for a reason. And it's so important to know that. So today I'd really love to tap into, first of all, a bunch of things in your book, but also help our listeners really understand how to cultivate the confidence to let go of Mm -hmm. things, people, feelings, whatever it is, whatever it may be, let go, cultivate the confidence to let go so that they can really feel like their most authentic selves and step into the life that they really shine in. Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about like letting go, I mean, it resonates differently with every individual because we're all experiencing life at different stages. We're in different seasons. We're in different chapters. We're in different, sometimes different books entirely. And so it really is just a process. And I love that we're going to kind of dive deep into it because the reality is I find myself even in this very moment, this season of doing the process of letting go of surrendering and really stepping into this newer version of myself. And that kind of goes with this connotation, like that we've arrived, but life is this constant evolution. 
we're constantly growing, we're evolving, we're becoming. And in doing so, we have to let go. We have to let go of who we were back then. We have to let go of things that are holding us back from allowing us to break free and have some freedom to create this new version of ourselves. And so I find myself even in the season and it's like, you know, you're reading my bio and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, for somebody who's listening, they're like, wow, she's got her stuff together. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, on paper, we can look like we have our stuff together, but the everyday nuances of life teach us a new lesson. And in those lessons, we have to let go to receive There's little pieces, some things we're bringing into our world, some things we're letting go. But the overall theme, I think, of today's conversation, and even in this very season that I'm in, is about letting go and surrendering. Surrendering to what is, what could be, and who I want to become in this season of growth and evolution. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I think it's so important too, is I I shared a little bit before the show that I have interviewed so many incredible guests and I don't want to discount one single one of them because I'm so grateful and they're so incredible, but they've been able to come on here and share so much about where they have been. And I know that we can get into that part of your story too, but it's almost like a lot of my guests speak from a place of like their then self. And I do that too when I do solo jams of like my then self, my then self to hopefully provide hope and inspiration for people to know that there's a place to go and grow. However, what I love about today's conversation is we get the duality of both your then self, but then your now self and both versions of you needed this same thing mm-hmm. of letting go. So take us back. Let's talk about your then self and then we'll talk about the now self. Take us back to, you have this amazing book called Chasing Perfection. And I want to get into what this book is even about and all that kind of stuff. But I think it will lend itself when you tell us like who you were before Chasing Perfection and why that book even came to be. Okay. Yeah. This is a great question because I get this quite often like, well, you know, people who meet me now, they're like, but I don't, I can't see this former version of you. I'm like, because of the radical transformation I have done on myself to change everything from within. And so that was something, you know, I had to take a good, hard, long look at who I was. And so I talk at great lengths about that in my book, Chasing Perfection, A Journey to Healing Fitness and Self-Love. And how it came about was that I didn't even realize this until I was actually probably close to finishing writing my book, that I was chasing this illusion. And that's where the title Chasing Perfection came because I didn't even realize I was chasing something that didn't exist. Because when we're so ingrained in thinking we have to be these things, we have to achieve these things, we have to, you know, go through this laundry list of all these checklists of things that are required in our life. And sometimes we just lose ourselves and our identity in the process where then when we pick our head up and we say, oh my goodness, how did I even get here? So it was about really that journey of self-discovery, but I had to ask again how I got to that point. And for me, it was a lot of unraveling, a lot of letting go, a lot of redefining, and a lot of creating. And with the context of the book, Chasing Perfection, it took me all the way back to my younger days of the struggle, the journey. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I spent the bulk of my life struggling with body dysmorphia to eating disorders, to extreme dieting, to extreme exercise, to self-image, self-esteem issues. 
And I didn't believe that I had value and worth. I didn't believe that I was good enough. And I found myself in situations, in relationships, in school, and in work, and my friends, and all these different facets of my life where I wasn't showing up as my best self because I didn't even know who I was. Um, and so I felt like my life at that point, for, for lack of better words, was like, it was, it was fake. Like I didn't know who to be. So I was somebody for everybody because as a perfectionist, we lose our identity in people pleasing. I was afraid to show who I was or provide any like pushback or speak up or have that confidence to really own who I was and say what I wanted to say or think what I, you know, say what I think. And, and I really just was kind of meek and quiet. And I lost pieces of me and I suppressed myself and I played small and I would succumb to other people's expectations. And so this journey, you know, from the physical aspect of it, I had embarked on a journey to help undo some of that damage of the physical aspects, the eating disorders and body dysmorphia, self-image, self-esteem. And so I turned to fitness as a way to control and manipulate how the physical would look. And so I thought that if I looked the part, then I could become the part. And if I could become the part, then I can have this happy, joyful, carefree, peaceful, living, loving life that we see plastered across all social media, our marketing, all this stuff, right? I mean, it's everywhere. If you're not looking like this and your life doesn't look like that, then there's something wrong with you. And so that ideal has become the self-fulfilling prophecy in my own mind was that I couldn't get that thing. Therefore, there was something wrong with me. I need to try harder. I need to do more. I need to push, perform, repeat. And that's what perfectionists do. We end up on this vicious cycle trying to be, do, and have something that is not for us. And so when I had to really just wipe the slate clean and start over again and just really get down to the nitty gritty of like, who am I? No, who am I really? Like, who is Rachel Brooks? And and that question could be prompted at any time of anyone's journey Mm -hmm. because you can always reinvent yourself. You can always evolve. You can always change. And I love that. I love that phrase. And I want to repeat that for folks because I think they should write it down. Like, and I would even add, let me know what you think. I would even add, like, who am I right now? Yeah. Yeah. In this season. And not even like, who am I? But what do you need? Mm. And so that was a question I was like, need? I I don't, like, I didn't have answers to these questions. And in fact, I don't even know where these questions came from. But the more I tuned in, it was that innate calling, that whisper that is living inside of us, that voice, that voice of knowing and reason. And she's trying to pipe up and say something and ask questions. But meanwhile, I was so distracted by the external of achieving the things when inside was telling me, no, you have everything inside. And so that journey of self-discovery, unraveling it and turning inward and really finding what made me tick, what might lights me up, what brings me joy, what talents or gifts or things that really were unique to me and how to harness those and really put them on in a way that felt comfortable for this woman that I was becoming. And throughout that journey of my book, my Chasing Perfection book, it led me into really reclaiming my power, stepping into who I'm created to be and finding a a living a life that is based on 
freedom, passion, and purpose. Mm -hmm. And so out of that context and that story, I had really unintentionally created my personal brand. It was a way for me to heal and grow and learn and a way to give back to others that were also at different stages of their journey. And it really embarked this whole concept of like the confident woman. I wanted every woman to create their own story for every woman to step into their own potential and their own power and really own who that confident woman is for her. And that's that confidence, right? So who is the confident woman? It's you. It's taking ownership, you know, accountability. It's about being self-aware. It's about being grateful. It's about really just, you know, this is my life. I'm in control of this. Mm, I love what you just said, the word ownership. I just wrote it down because it's such a powerful word. And I was going to ask you because I feel like letting go, it can sound like a catch 22, right? Like, hold on first, I need confidence and then I can let go. But what if we need to let go? And on the other side of that, our confidence shows up. What's your feelings around this idea? It's kind of both. It's, you know, the chicken or the egg. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, but yeah, I need confidence to let go, but I'm not confident. So I'm going to hold on tighter. And it's like, yeah, but if you let go, then you're letting in. And what is letting in? It breeds confidence because you're bringing in more of things that you love and enjoy. And so I always say consistency compounded over time yields results. So when you're Mm. showing up and doing the things that bring you joy and the things that make you happy and light up and, and you're living intentionally with passion and purpose, there's a confidence element there because you're constantly showing the up. In confidence, it breeds out of competence. And so when you're confident in doing the things, you become confident in that new skill set. And what is that skill set? Owning who you are, right? Nobody could be you. That yes. is your superpower. That is the one skill set that every day should be something that you work towards as a practice, as part of your daily practice, your daily routine. Mm. Harnessing that, growing it, nurturing it, and becoming this constant version of an expanded you. What are some ways that folks can start? Like if this is like so brand new and they want to release things that are no longer serving themselves, what are some practices that they can start with or concepts that they can start with from your book or just from your own personal experience to practice regularly? I love your piece about consistency to step into self-ownership. Mm-hmm. Well. So a couple things. And one of the biggest things for me was really that light bulb moment of self-awareness. Like, you know, what does self-awareness look like for you? You know, I think at the time I was just like, yeah, I'm aware. Like I'm here. I physically feel myself and I can see myself like I'm aware I exist. But it's really the concept of self-awareness is really, again, understanding what makes you tick, what brings you joy, what brings you happiness, what attributes and characteristics of who you are, what do you love about yourself? And some of these things are really tough questions, especially if you're kind of in the depths of it, where I first started was I asked myself, you know, who am I? And I could not answer that. I honestly stared at a blank piece of paper with a pen in my hand and just stared. I was like, I have no idea, but I'll tell you who I am not. And we have a laundry list of all the things we're not, right? Mm -hmm. What I started to do was reframe that. So on my I am list, put next to I am, and I put in little parentheses, 
not. And I started dumping all the things that I'm not. And then when I kind of drew a divider on the same piece of paper, I looked at all the things I am not. And then I looked at them and said, but I want to be the opposite of that, right? So some things I didn't move over to the I am list. And in that process, I started the little tweak of letting go. I was like, okay, I'm going to let go of that idea because actually I'm okay that I'm not, you know, for example, in fitness, I'm not a runner. I was like, okay, that's great because I actually don't like running. So I'm going to keep that on the I am not. Yeah, but then instead I, of forcing yourself to right. buy into the belief that like, well, running will give me this and running will give me that. Yep. And look at people who are runners. That comparison can be such a bugger at times. Exactly. And so then I reframed that and said, well, what does running mean to me? It meant that I was active and I had vitality and health and wellness. Okay, reframing it. I am healthy. I am sound. I am whole. I am active. And so I just started just writing some IMs about that. And so it was about reframing that belief that I had to be something and repositioning it into something that was more empowering. I really love realistic. Yeah. I really love that you had two sides of the list because you're absolutely right. When you're in certain seasons of your life or even mindset spaces, I feel like it's really easy to go, I am so confused. I don't even know what I want. I don't even know what I need. But I love that if you have the divider on the sheet, it gives your brain an opportunity to go, okay, I feel like it's like the not or the want, not Mm -hmm. or want, not or want. And what I hear you describing is like a letting go list. Like Mm -hmm. maybe there's a way to just write down all the things that over time every day, and maybe they'll accumulate too. Mm -hmm. Of if I wake up every morning and part of my self-certainty practice is like, what do I need to let go of today to be the woman I want to be and create the life I want to live? What do I need to let go of today? Is it a belief? Is it a pattern? Is it a habit? Is it a person? Is it a thought? Like if I can just allow myself to do that and maybe even crumple it up and just literally let it go something. But I love your like not our wants list to really start to gain clarity rather than stay in this cloud of what I would call it is like a cloud of clutter. I felt like I just had a cloud of clutter around me for a while until I finally decided to like show up for it. Yeah. And so I was doing this in different areas of my life. And so like, for example, in my programs, it's an eight part circle. And I break them up into the different kind of categories, overall themes of our life. And I started jotting these things down about the I am nots and filling them into different categories. Like, for example, you know, if we look at self with health, and it was I am not a runner, I am not fit, I am not and so all these I am nots. And so reframing that on the other side, like I said, you know, becoming I'm healthy, I'm active, I'm all these things, right. And then on a separate sheet of paper, or however it looks like for anyone listening, you find your own process. I'm just kind of giving you the overarching theme is who do I need to become that would be suited to be active and fit? What does she need to do? What does this version of Rachel need to do? Mm -hmm. Okay. She needs to, you know, start eating healthy, nutritious foods. What does that look like? And so I just started going down the list. And as I was doing this, I was, I wouldn't say like some people are like, why aren't you kind of creating some rules and some parameters? They're more of loose guidelines. And so I say that because of the flexibility and giving myself that flexibility and freedom to create this version of me without hard stopping points. There are no bookends because that's what perfectionists do. We love extremes. It was about really stepping into that gray area 
where freedom and flexibility are born because you don't have to conform and be so rigid. It's about being more of the open mind instead of a fixed mind, right? So we have these black and white, all or nothing mentalities, this dichotomy, but it's about giving yourself that play area, right? So when I got to creatively, okay, this version of Rachel does X, Y, and Z, and she's over here and she's over here. And all of a sudden you're envisioning this and you're lighting up because you're like, your mind literally is creating it as you're writing it down. So as your mind is believing it, you can conceive it, right? And mm-hmm. you can achieve it. So we've all heard Napoleon Hill's quote. And so it was that concept because now I've completely shifted my energy. I've shifted my mindset. I've shifted my way of thinking. And I'm literally creating this new version of her. And as every single day, I would step closer to her. What does she need to do today to become more active, more fit, more vitality and life in her, right? I'm just using these as an example. And so every day I work towards that. I didn't work towards the big picture anymore. It was about laying the little breadcrumbs, the little stepping stones. And as I was following that day in, day out, that's where consistency comes from, right? Consistently showing up. And I started to get stronger, more fit, more healthy, You know, I went back into my bodybuilding competitions and that brought me joy. It brought me happiness. It brought me peace, contentment, all the things that I was really aspiring externally. I had to tap in internally and start extracting it and then becoming it. What did you need to let go of to create that consistency? Because I feel like this can be a thorn for a lot of people. I've been through the season where I'm like, yeah, cool. That sounds good. But You know, and so what do you need to let go of in order to allow yourself to show up consistently with confidence? Let go of your own expectations. Those expectations are brought on by the shaping and shifting of our world from, you know, the do's and don'ts that we've heard from our parents, who we should become from our friends, the jobs that we feel like maybe we hate, but we feel like we're attached to those things. And it's like, you know, we're really questioning those, like, what is it that I want to be? And so the letting go is really the expectations, pressures, and demands of yourself because we've taken that on. So, you know, we can look at it from that perspective where life can throw us all these rules and expectations, but if we're choosing to believe them, that's who we become. Again, our beliefs become our thoughts, our thoughts become our words, our words become our action, and our action is our behavior and our identity. So when we're disrupting that pattern, we have to go back to where this pattern started from, and that's our belief system. So I questioned my beliefs. Where did I learn them? Was that mine or was that inherited? Did I create that off of from where? Oh, from that story I was telling myself. But is that story truth? Go back and question that story you tell yourself. And sometimes we get so ingrained in that autopilot that we've adapted these stories that are actually limiting us as our truth and our truth becomes our identity, right? And so when we're holding so truly to our identity, it becomes a stronghold that we don't want to break it because our identity gives us certainty, our certainty in knowing who we are. But even if we don't like this version of us, we have to address Well, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. Let's reframe certainty. Let's be confident enough in trusting that I could step into uncertainty and still succeed. Because every day we are faced with some sort of uncertainty, right? Every day we've overcome. Every day we're here. So that should be confident step number one. You made it this far. Give yourself a pat on the back. Give yourself grace. 
You're not to where you want to be yet because what would happen if you arrived right now? You would not be qualified. You would not be, you know, have the insight, knowledge, tools, resources if you just arrived. If you arrived, you wouldn't know what to do with that gift that life has given you. Mm, yeah, I truly, truly believe this. I've, I've had experiences in my life where this theme is very true, where it's like, I thought I was so ready. I'm ready. I have this certification or this degree and this thing, and I know what I'm doing. I am ready. The reality was I was so far from ready. And it's beautiful to believe in messy action and take messy action. But what that allows you to do is stumble a couple of times, get back up, brush yourself off and go, wow, now I I like, I know a little bit more than I did last time and I can keep going. So we talked about like letting go of expectations and lots of other things. So if we let go, it's my firm belief that we then have more capacity within ourselves to let things in. So what do we need to let in once we let go? We have to let in more gratitude. Well, actually, I'm going to re- take that back. Not even say more. I'm just going to say gratitude because mm. sometimes we don't even have the more. Yeah. It's being grateful, which brings more. And so it's the whole practice of having an attitude of gratitude has mm. tremendously changed how I perceive myself, others, and my world that I'm creating. And so being grateful for all the things that you have, it it takes really that lack mentality, the I don't have this yet, I'm not there yet, to really bringing it into this present moment of being grateful for that you have gotten this far, for the lessons, for the insight, for, you know, maybe you don't have a hundred clients on your calendar for the year. I don't know. I'm just kind of winging that here. I'm making this up, but it's about being grateful for that one client, right? Because if you're not grateful for that one, why would life give you more than one? Because you're basically saying, I'm disappointed. I only have one, but yeah, I need 99 more. Well, if you had 99 more with that kind of attitude, you're going to ruin yourself. You're going to like shoot yourself in the foot kind of thing. So it's about being grateful for that one. And then one becomes two and two and so on. And it's this constant evolution of, again, of gratitude, going back to the things that you are grateful for because it recenters you and puts you in the present moment. And in the present moment is where you've already detached and let go of expectations, pressures, demands, and all that stuff of life because you cannot be grateful and fearful at the same time. And fear is what holds us back and creates that resistance. And that's what we keep holding on tighter to the things that we really should be letting go of. So it works all simultaneously, but added to having that attitude of gratitude, game changer. And sometimes even in my own situation, like currently right now, sometimes I took that gratitude practice for granted because I was on autopilot. I had my system, my routine. I was just kind of blindly going through. My heart wasn't in it. And so I, I was detached from that too. And I didn't recognize it because, you know, sometimes you just go through the motions, but yet you're not really grateful, you know? Yeah. And so I was finding myself almost to the place of uh, feeling resentful because I was pushing so hard and chasing a new ideal that really just crushed me from the inside out. And I felt like I was back at square one again, but I'm never set backwards. There's Mm -hmm. never a delay. You're exactly where you need to be at that given time. And so now when I take accountability of where I've been for these past, 
gosh, like six plus months, it feels like that was such a dark period of my time. And I'm coming out now because I've gone back to my basics. I've gone back to the system that worked. And I'm just pouring back into this love and gratitude space and so many opportunities and connections and ideas. And like life has just really sprung anew. And this is the life that I had been wanting to create, but I had to go through the pressures of being refined so I can redefine this version of who I'm becoming. Wow. I feel like this message is so relevant and so important, especially because you just bridged the gap of your pre-book self and your now self of going back to the basics. It all just comes down to like so much of what you wrote. You didn't know that your now self was going to need. You were writing it for your then self, but things have a way of recycling themselves until we just continue to heal and heal more and heal more and heal more. And it's interesting because, you know, as a divorced woman, letting go can so often feel impossible, right? Mm -hmm. But, and even having people tell you like, just let it go, just let it go. It can be very, very triggering because the brain kind of goes, hold on a second. I just dedicated 16 years of my life to this person and I, that I've got a deep, deep connection to. And now I have separation issues. Like what are maybe some steps to just like lean in to getting back to the basics? Like how do we just kind of lighten the load on that when it just feels like you don't know me, this is impossible. Mm -hmm. And I was actually just thinking about that. So I, I'm glad that you asked that question because I was thinking, okay, well, maybe like letting go just feels like a big, heavy step. So what is like a small bite-sized piece that you can do prior to that? And I would say for anyone even going through any period of their life that feels dark and, you know, tumultuous and just feel like you can't even catch your breath. And some days you just want to just succumb to the water and let the waves crash over you, right? Sometimes that's all you have to do. Allow yourself to grieve. The grieving of letting go is loss, right? We're losing pieces of us. We're losing relationships. We're losing parts of us. Yeah. Feel that. Feel through it. Allow yourself that space. Because when you give yourself that space to grieve loss, you start to heal yourself internally. Your body is a machine that if you have a cut, it heals itself. You're cut inside. Your soul has been cut, mm -hmm. right? There's a wound there. It needs time to grieve and heal. And so as you're allowing yourself that space, pieces start to fall off that you've recognized, but you've also given permission to fall to the wayside as well. Mm. And so this is not a journey that's overnight by any means. I've been through like these past six months, just the darkest season. And it's not even from a relationship aspect of it. Yeah. And so it took me six months and literally like, it's just your inner knowing knows when it's time. Because the very next day, like after that six months and a day kind of example, it's like everything shifted. Everything. It's like the light went on. The darkness cleared. This veil's been lifted. And it's like, holy crap. I now know what it feels like to come through this again. Like I'm on that other side. And so in time, you will have the healing, the grieving, the losing. And then that letting go as you're rebuilding right? Pieces are, you're not taking this into your new metaphorical home that you're building for yourself. So that's part of the letting go. How did you know, like when it was time to let go? What did that feel like? Or what was that like for you? The heaviness. It was so heavy. Yeah. 
grief and loss are heavy and they sometimes attach those words to like the loss of a loved one like what in death and the truth is is that pieces of us are dying every day i mean if we want to get from like a microbiology level yeah i mean our cells are yeah dying yeah literally literally dying every day <laughs> and so when i reframed what i was going through and allowed myself that space to grieve and heal i turned to a lot of journaling a lot of meditation a lot of quiet time and self-reflection I'm very much an introvert where I can turn inward and I spend a lot of time with myself. I actually have learned to really enjoy and love my own company. And Me that too. that's where I share a lot of that in, in my book, Chasing Perfection. And so in doing so, it's, you know, you start to think like, what do I want to do? What's this version of my life look like? You know, and maybe in this capacity, maybe with somebody, your listeners possibly going through a relationship changes you know, what are all the things that I've always wanted it to? And so those are things that are going to bring you excitement because this is a new chapter. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you've always wanted to travel and maybe your partner didn't, right? So now you ask your girlfriends, hey, I'm thinking of taking a trip or maybe you even go solo. But the thing is, is that now there's an excitement. There's a variety aspect of it that wasn't there before because we were so much of our identity was attached to that partnership, that relationship. But what if that relationship with self can create new partnerships and relationships with others who have similar interests to you, who are also passionate about the things with you. And so even though if you have this dark side from it, from a bruised relationship, you have this light side of loving relationships. And so it's about reshifting your life for a quality of life that you're essentially co-creating with your creator in this whole aspect of it. And it's a beautiful experience when you can look back at that and say, wow, this tumultuous relationship or this relationship ending has brought new life to me. Sometimes you got to prune the branches, right? Cut the dead ends. Yes. And sometimes we're on the cutting and sometimes we're the branch that got cut. It hurts either way, yeah. but new life always springs forth. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. I just had a download and I don't, we haven't talked about this ever. So it's okay to just take a pass if, and maybe we both need to do some journaling on it, but maybe you do know, I was wondering if you've ever thought about the difference between confidence and courage. Yeah. In my writing yesterday, I was actually, I spoke about both of those things or wrote about both of those things. So having the courage is taking that imperfect, messy action, saying, I'm going to go after it no matter what, because clearly what's working is sucking, right? And so it's about just mustering up the courage and just saying, well, if I don't take this leap of faith and go out of my comfort zone, I will never know what's beyond that line. And that's where we talk about like certainty and uncertainty where we've, I mean, we just came through a pandemic and I don't know, maybe we still are in a little bit of it. I don't, I, we're kind of in that weird position. I don't even know what's going on I in know. the world. Who knows? I don't think any of like, us. Like, are we in it? Are we out? I don't know. <laughs> but we've just gone through the longest phase of uncertainty. And so when we can compare something like that, like nobody knew, but what did we do? We literally took each day at a time. We're all glued to the TV. Like, is this over yet today? Oh, okay. Maybe tomorrow we check in, right? So we're just literally taking it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. And so that's what courage is. Courage is showing up, giving yourself permission to show up regardless of what the situation and outcome is and giving it your best of that day. Like, hey, today I'm going out of my comfort zone. I don't know what's going to happen out there, but I'm going to be curious. I'm going to commit to finding the good in this. I'm going to be grateful for these opportunities. And so when we have that courage, it breeds, again, confidence, because courage and competence and confidence and all the C words, right? 
that really it's compounding effect. And so when we're bold and courageous, we go after the life that we want, regardless of the pain or the disappointment or the setbacks, because we already know that we have a mission ahead of us. Our mission is not to live this lackluster, unfulfilled life. We're called for more. We're created for more. I love that so much. It made me think of like, especially when you said uncertainty, I think that link to courage is the piece of uncertainty and confidence is more, more, I think, self-certainty. So there's courage is like there's uncertainty of self and outside factors and confidence is more of like self-certainty. Like I may not know what's going to go on, but I am certain that I can handle it. I am certain that I will be okay, even if it's something that feels good or doesn't feel very good. Does that make sense? hundred percent. And what just came to mind with that is self-trust. Sometimes we have to rebuild that trust with ourselves again. Maybe we're kind of beating ourselves up and thinking, how did I marry this person? You know, like, and you question yourself, like, again, how did I get here? Right. So it's kind of my process. Like mine was just happened to be at a, you know, using this metaphorical stage of fitness. This might be the metaphorical stage of of a relationship. And so we find ourselves just in different situations, but yet it's all kind of the same lessons and, and learning process that we go through. And that's why we always say like these lessons are just going to reappear. They're just colored differently. I'm literally right back at what I feel like I was seven years ago, but yet, oh, how much I have changed in those seven years. I'm not the same person by any means seven years ago, but yet oh. the same lesson is here. I love that because it's like the lesson of letting go is reappearing to a different version of you to see if you're ready to face it again as this version of you. And then on another season of your journey, it's going to pop up again and see if you're like still ready to prepare you like face it as that next version of you. And so I think like that preparedness comes from that self-ownership, that practice that we talked about earlier. And I was going to ask you in the spirit of confidence, what's like the first step in moving towards that. But I think you answered that with the trust factor. It's like start with trust because I think also speaks to in Chasing Perfection. I don't know if you guys, if you talk about control, but for me, it's kind of like, it's like I was a control control freak over here in living in perfectionism. And what shifted that drastically for me and regained my confidence in my self-certainty was learning how to trust myself. Mm -hmm. I get so many women ask me like, well, how do I even trust another person in a relationship after I've been cheated on or after my marriage has fallen apart? And I'm like, stop focusing on other people and start focusing on Mm -hmm. trusting yourself and knowing that regardless of if your heart gets broken again, because so many people go, I'm not willing. I am not willing to put my heart back out there again. And I can kind of relate to this in what you and I have been cultivating in our friendship over just the past couple of weeks. It's like, it's scary as women. It can be scary or intimidating to put yourself out there, especially in your 20s, 30s, 40s, when you think everybody's already got the sex in the city, you know, friend group. And you're just like, what the heck am I doing? I just moved to Ohio. I don't know anybody. I don't know what's going on. All my friends live in Michigan or California. Like, what the heck? But what I've realized is I have to trust myself. Like, it's okay if, heaven forbid, you and I decide that we're not a fit anymore. I can still respect you as a human, let you go on with your life, do your thing. But I can trust that, like, maybe that makes me sad and hurts my heart. But it's okay. There are 
7 billion people on this planet. So there's got to be more women to tap into. Same thing with life partner, with partners, not life partners, but like partners, right? In partnership, like if you are no longer supposed to be on that journey with that human anymore, it is gut-wrenching. It is heartbreaking. There is a grieving process. And you can trust yourself to know that the way that I got back into relationship with my partner now, who I'm like deeply in love with, is knowing that if for any reason in or out of my knowing, we fall apart or we no longer have access to each other, right? I can be okay. I can love again. I can do this again because I've done it before. Same thing with friendships and beyond. Right. And I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying about allowing yourself that space to grieve, right? Because if you don't allow yourself to feel, sometimes when these feelings come up, they sit almost like in our chest and in our gut. And then we turn to devices to kind of bring some ease, right? And so maybe we're finding ourselves into like unhealthy habits and coping mechanisms and things like that, which, you know, only just set us further back because then how do I let go of that coping mechanism, right? There's a whole lot of letting go pieces in there. But that's why I say, give yourself that space to feel. And, you know, if you don't know how to feel, because I didn't know, I had no idea. Mine, Mine felt like bursts of anger. It came out in resentment. It came out in control. I share all the stuff in my book. I'm very transparent in the chasing perfection. And one of the things where you talked about like control was like, I, in a world that felt out of control, my whole goal was to tighten control because I needed to know that I had certainty, that I had some sort of power in anything that I was, you know, I felt out of control. So as we do this, we're tightening this grip and we realize that we're actually shutting off life. We're suffocating those things around us or people around us. And I realized that in my own desperate need of control, I was actually controlling my husband and didn't realize this. Yeah. Because I was thinking if he just did all these things and became this person, then I could be happy and I wouldn't be so nagging and annoying and all the things that I was told that I am. And, you know, if I believe those, that would be my story. And then now I support that story with other stories to give that life to that. Right. So we go down that vicious cycle. But it was about letting go of the expectations, pressures and demands that I was projecting onto him and realize, whoa. Why do I need him to change? Why don't I change? It's so much easier for you to change you than to change, you know, handfuls of people, right? All the people around us. Especially when they don't want to change. They're like, hey, I don't know why you have a problem with it. I'm good with it. And I think that was part of my people pleasing resentment because it was like, well, I had a change for all of you. Why don't you all change for me? And Ooh, it was like, that's a really big realization. That's really important. Yeah. Like I've been adapting my whole life. What's the big deal when really it's like, oh, shoot, perfectionism isn't the greatest gift of all. No, no. In fact, it's sometimes a curse, but there are some good things out of it. You know, whatever. I was meaning to ask you, it's been a bit since Chasing Perfection has come out and you have continued to grow and shed and let go and evolve and all these things, let new things into your life. Is there any page or chapter or topic that you would have loved to put in there knowing where you're at now? I would. Okay. So in my first book, I wouldn't say at this moment, because I held on to that book for so long, I wanted to get every single thing in there. And the longer I would hold on to it, I was adding more and adding more and adding more. And I always compare, you know, writing a book to like painting a painting. We need to know when enough is enough. 
and when to put the pen down or the brushstroke or take your fingers off the keyboard, because we have to trust that what is in there is enough Mm. to release out to the world. Obviously, the longer you hold on to something as you're continuing going day in, day out, there's more lessons that are showing up. So you're thinking, well, I need to put that one in there. And then the next day and another lesson to put in there. So we got to close the cover. And when we look at where it's enough, where it feels like it's out of our system, it's digestible for the readers. And anything further from that point that you want to create or share, that comes out into partly why I created even the podcast, my blogs, my journals, my notebooks, my guides, all that stuff is still like things that have happened from the time I stopped writing Chasing Perfection to current right now. And then so also for me, it gives me some documentation that I could pull back on and be like, okay, so here is the journey still that I can use for my next book whenever I begin that. But I wouldn't say that I felt like anything was missing. I felt that way about a year before I actually published it because I was set to publish around 2019. And I was like, oh, I need to add this story because it was really important. And I did. And then I actually published a book then in 20. So there were some pieces in there. I really love your answer. It actually, in fact, makes my cheekbones like just like pinch with joy because it just speaks volumes to how far you've come to not try to force yourself to find an answer to that question. The answer is it was complete right where it's at. And now I get to move forward. And I love that answer so much because I think it also shows people that you don't have to wait to present this version of yourself to the world, you can step in confidently as you are, knowing that you're going to continue to evolve and carry that confidence with you. And the more that you let things go, the more your confidence will shine through and you just keep going and growing and allowing yourself to be right where you're at. So thank you for just being so confident with that answer. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I have a couple of closing questions for you. Well, first of all, Where can people get more of you? What are you up to? Where can they find you? So you can find me everywhere. I am Rachel Brooks. And so that's my handle on all social media. My website is IamRachelBrooks.com. And so everything is just all on my website, accessible there as well. But I mean, my book is sold everywhere books are sold online. They're in some bookstores. Barnes & Noble is obviously one of the biggest bookstores. And then obviously you can find my podcast, The Confident Woman Podcast, which you can listen and watch and do all that stuff on my website as well. But find your favorite listening platform and do a quick search for The Confident Woman Podcast. You'll find me there as well. Yay. I love it. You guys are definitely going to want to tap into Rachel and all she's got to offer. And my two closing questions are the first one, what's one thing that you love most about you? Mm, I'm on this kick now. (laughs) I say my brain. Because I didn't. And I'm having a new appreciation for this brain that feels like it's a big old mess. And it's filled with like anxiety ridden, there's ADHD in there. And there's all the things that feel like it's a mess. But yet it is my gift. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've fallen in love with, because it's also what ignites this life inside of me. And so I'm really loving my brain at this point, because I was very frustrated and mad at it, you know, all the way up to it and thinking that that was my limitations were limiting me from becoming who I want to be. And so I would say like, you know, my brain is a weird answer, but it just kind of came to mind. Um, yeah, no. I would say my heart, my heart is really the core of my soul. I love who I am. I truly, truly do. And I say this with the ultimate honesty and gratitude because I loathed myself so 
bad that to come out and say how much I have so much love, respect, grace, compassion, empathy, all for myself, because I've had to create and cultivate that and also be my own advocate and my own healer and my own mender. But it also gives me that ability to do the same for others. I've now been able to tap into something that I didn't experience. And now that experience has been one of my greatest gifts. Oh, the listeners can't see us, but my eyes just swelled up with tears when you shared that because I can relate so much to that space of just loving myself so much now because I really didn't love myself for a while. And I wasn't even aware that I didn't love myself until I got to a space where I was forced to look at it. And so that really hit home. Woo, that was so good. And then lastly, what does joy feel like in your body? Ooh, it feels like electric. You know, when we talk about like our central being, it's like this light that lights up inside of me. And it's almost like this innate tingling sensation of just living with so much passion, joy, purpose, just that freedom to be you. That is joy to me. Joy Mm -hmm. is living on purpose with intent. And that's something that I strive for each day is to find that joy in the everyday nuances of life. And sometimes that's about tapping into me or sometimes it's about just, um, you know, spending some quality time with my cats. I'm I'm a cat mom. I feel for human moms, like if I could feel that way for my pets, like (laughs) they bring me so much joy. They bring laughter. They bring curiosity and wonderment to life and same with children. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Joy really is electric and so self-soothing. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so grateful for you and all that you bring to my life and that you bring to the listeners' lives. And to the rest of you, make sure you go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved the chat today, take a quick screenshot of this episode and send it to a friend. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue our conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe and check out my soulful services at joyfullydivorced.com. Remember, joy is contagious. So go out there, shine your light bright and live a limitless life.